We're about to light up season three of Drifter's Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode one is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely mold the rest of the shape of your life. Episode two is going to be called Loner Legends, sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season three drops on October 23rd. This is Emil Amos. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com. Stepping on my baby, rapping nothing crazy, fucking old ladies. I'm tapping in, tapping out, screaming shout, hitting up with a touch door, touch that shit more. I never ripping like a rag old cat, like a big bone cat, got the Wolverine cap. I catch another wolf and I stick him in my ring. I buckin' on my brain, I pick this in my frame. Snip, snap, I'ma cut on the crap. I'm on my cut on the cap. I'm never feeling this snap. I'll never finish this nap. I never Oh, I didn't want that to end. Didn't you not want that to end? And the rockets red glow. That sounded actually pretty cool. This is an old Irish folk song. Welcome to Twisting the 
wind, aka hands on the branch, aka the executive buffet, aka I've got friends and bands, aka I'm never gonna let this down, aka I don't even know why you like me anymore, aka can we just buy a farm together and raise sheep, maybe we can get some more pickle buffers and some friends. That makes sense, right? You recognize that? Do you recognize that, friends? Hey, this is Johnny Pemberton here. I'm still dealing with a little bit of something, like a remnant from the day before, but it's okay. Okay? It's, it's Johnny Pemberton. It's, it's, uh, it's Johnny Pemberton. It's Johnny Pemberton. It's Johnny Pemberton here. I'm going to be frank with you, okay? I'm going to be Steve with you. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be Steve with you here. Um, sir, it's actually, it's Frank. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's Steve. <laughs> uh, Steve's Frank's son. How about that? You know, I'm not Frank anymore. Frank, so Frank's one thing. I'm, I'm Steve. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't blow, blow back around the backside of a bush for nothing. Okay, because when we started up this leaf blowing business, we knew that the leaves got to go somewhere. If you're gonna blow them, they're gonna move. And if you're just gonna move them around, you got to pick them up. A lot of guys, a lot of guys are just going to blow them on the next guy and then go knock on your next door and say, hey, how do you do? Looks like you got to leave. Let me, let me, let me take that knock back and back up and hit you with it one more time here. I'm, 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 I'm not your neighbor. I'm here to sell you something. Looks like you got a lot of leaves out front. And we, we don't know how they got there, but we know that they got there and we want to help you with them with our blowing company. Okay? That's Steve. Steve's the son of Frank. I'm going to be Frank. I'm not going to be Frank with you. I'm going to be Steve with you because we're a progressive organization. And when we blow leaves, we don't just blow them, we pick them up. Okay? And see, that's, there you go. There's the rub right there. That was a little bit of the sales pitch. You do that, and they think, oh, he's a nice guy. But guess what? He's just fucking blowing them across, anyways, anyways. There you have it. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to Executive Buffet. Uh, hands in the branch, twisting the wind back back when we um, used to do it like that. <laughs> that was a reference to Snoop. Snoop and Dre, you know. This is this is that show. I'm Johnny, Johnny Pemberton. I'm happy to be here right now. I'm happy to be using my voice. I was taking a ride back the other day in a car back from back from set i was working on a film it's pretty fun pretty great pretty exciting really happy to be there because uh, great you know gratitude is attitude and i was coming back and i had been using my voice quite a bit it was late at night it was late at night and i was thinking about man i wish i could have a mic in front of me right now like a big a, a wide diaphragm mic of the kind used by broadcasters not podcasters but broadcasters this is a broadcast this isn't a podcast this is a, a broad podcast is it a broad podcast? I suppose it is. But I was thinking about uh, the way I was hearing my voice in this car. I think it was like a Hyundai, maybe a Honda, maybe a Toyota. Either was it was an economy car. It was small, silver, good seats, not that comfortable, kind of tight. No cat smell or anything. Real good guy driving, round glasses, small, small man, talkative, did, did a good job, you know, took care of his daughter. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, it would be nice to, to have a mic right now because I think, I think there's something, the tone of my voice was different than it normally was. And I want to document that, but 
Alas, I couldn't. And right now I'm trying to get back to that. I'm trying to re reachieve that notion of, uh, of personal respect that I, that I stepped into when I was doing in there. And I'm, it's, I don't know if it's happening. See, I'm close to the mic right now. We're real close to the mic right now. Real, real close. Like, you know, how an elephant's toe, an elephant's foot. It's really just put together. It's really just, you got those nails that look like, actually look kind of like a half of a softball that got embedded. Maybe not a half of a softball, but a quarter, but who knows what you can't see. It's like a tip of the iceberg, AKA tip of the elephant toe nail, tip of the elephant toenail. So that's what we're trying to do right here is just get, get in real close and just see if there's a, there's a tonal retribution available. If you see, cause sometimes it's, sometimes it's popping up a little bit in that range, in that range right there, but I want to get it down real low. See, I can't, I can't get any lower than that unless I, unless I talk to old Donnie Jeff here and try to figure out why he was saying this stuff in the first place because it doesn't make any goddamn hell of beans sense. Why you kids are coming around here trying to figure out a theory for everything on my lawn. You're coming around here trying to figure out a theory for everything on my lawn. Take your super strings and get them back out of my town. This is not a place for be for for trying to fuck with a Higgs boson particle. This is my lawn. Do you understand what kind of care goes into this lawn? I gotta water. Do I like watering my lawn? Do I like watering my lawn? Do I like watering my lawn? I do not like watering my lawn. There's a fucking drought going on right now, and I'm disregarding that drought just for the sake of these fucking micro leaves that pop up vertically in the front of my house. Why? Because I want to. No, no, wait. Now, why? Because I have to. As the homeowners association of this neighborhood says, you need to maintain a fucking lawn. That's L-A-W-N, lawn. Made of grass. That's G-R-W-A-S-Z, okay? And if I don't fucking do that, I'm going to be in shit city with the homeowners of this homeowners association. And guess where they live? They live two doors down. And if you got, if I got a bunch of these goddamn GD, ASG, asses, grass, kid, and that's a metaphor, asses, grass, my ass is going to be at grass if you use your ass on my grass to try to figure out what kind of grass is the theory for everything, because you got a monosyllabalic structure. What I'm trying to say is don't fuck around on my lawn. Disregard the thoughts and opinions of the homeowners association. That being said, I want to welcome you to the podcast. It's Twisting the Wind. I'm Johnny Pemberton, still here. A um, couple of things. Number one, please. Um, just trying to be normal, you know? I, I really just want some fucking yogurt. That's all I really want. I want some yogurt. I want people to stop throwing away mattresses. I want to... <laughs> I mean, what's going on? Who, who, who are you? Who are you who put the mattress on the street? You probably live there, don't you? And you just don't care, huh? You just are like, yeah, 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 it doesn't bother me. Just having like a big piece of fucking bug trash. Not, not even for bed bugs. They're just out. They're just putting it out there. Not even for chinchies. 
Do you know what? That's what that's how you say bed bugs in Spanish. Chinchis. Much better word, huh? Which, which one's cuter? Because bed bugs is obviously cute. Because they're a little bud, not bed bugs, but chinchies. Hey, what's up? You got chinchies? Oh shit, dog! He got chinchies. I think that's better. Who's doing it? Who? Who and why? Who and why the cat did cry? Who and why? And you know, cats don't want to fuck around those mattresses. They don't want that shit. Nobody does. What I'm saying is, this is the number one public pub. Public service announcement for don't do that to your mattress. Just call the city. Call 311. In my city, where I live, you call 311. They're going to come pick up that shit. They're going to do it on a timely basis. Instead, you got guys like me getting getting a little bit drunk. And I'm going to go out there with this new sharpened machete. Start hacking at that fucking mattress. You know what I also like to do sometimes? It's just like, oh, you want to put some trash here on the side of the road? Well, what happens if I drag it into the middle of the fucking street? Well, number one, it's going to slow down all you motherfuckers who are like driving 50, 50 miles an hour in a neighborhood. In a GD neighborhood. There's kids around. There's dogs around. There's cats around. There's, there's there's idiots with dogs off dogs is off leashes around here, okay? Okay, now I spoke my piece about the mattress thing. Okay, so uh number one. Number 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 one. Number number one. Please rate and review the podcast and subscribe. Do all three. It's triplicate. When it, when you do one, it's good, but when you do all three together, it's even better. It's like a it's like that old Buddhist symbol. It looks like a bunch of snakes and they're all chasing each other. It's that, okay? Rate, review, subscribe, and then reverse order that I just said. Number two. Number two. Email here is twistingthewind at gmail.com. And currently, we're in what's known as a trial basis of a month, which we are opening this podcast, Twisting the Wind. When I say we, I mean me and Dustin and Feral Audio, because it's not just me here. It's, 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 it's a, it takes a team of villagers. And uh, it's open to sponsorship. And when I say sponsorship, I don't necessarily mean like, well, we don't need a, you don't have to be a big daddy to, to, to step into this pool. Um, we're, we're experimenting with a new form of micro-sponsorship, which is something that, um, that you have to, you're going to have to email to really get the details on because uh, it's, not my, it's not my purview, my invention. It's not my invention so much. But So do that. Uh, I'm talking about like Wolf... Th- it's, uh, it's, 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 it's lasers, it's lasers, it's lasers that have been focused into the, the, uh, the, the arena where you are, and it allows us to custom tailor a folk song for you, and that can be at your level, so does that make sense? It's better, just email twistingthewind at gmail.com if you want more information on sponsorship opportunities here on the executive buffet. It's, it's, it's a really great place. I mean, there's, there's a lot of listeners and there's a lot of people who are really tapped into this market here, here. If you've been listening, you know who you are and you know that you know the people who also know the, who you are. So when you get that kind of thing happening, it's a thing where we can just take that, we can just take that, um, that, uh, that whole, the whole spray, that whole spray boy idea, that whole, you know, nutsack, not, not a nutsack, like a balls, but like a, like a sack of nuts, which is a lot of protein. We can take that, we can custom tailor that protein to the listener because the listener is listening, knows that they are the one who's listening. So if I'm listening to this, does that mean people like me to listen to this? Yeah. Yeah, it does. So don't, don't get a hike. Don't, Get up on out of here. Get on in. 
drop an email in, in, and we'll take callers on line three, please. Hello. Hello, you're on uh, Twisting the Wind. Yeah. Okay, something's wrong with that guy's phone. <laughs> uh, number three, please donate. If you don't want a sponsorship because you're not, you're not a person who gets sponsors because you're just a guy or just a girl or just, you know, trying to figure out which one of those you are because maybe you're a child and you're undefined or you're so old it doesn't matter. Um, donate to the podcast. That's easy. Go to feralaudio.com and click on the Twisting the Wind page. It's the it's in the drop-down menu where you just turn it around and, and back up and hit me with it. Donate. It's easy. It's through PayPal. It's it's effortless. It's smooth. It's secure. It's dynamic. It's all those things. People have done it. I've received them. Oh my God! Thank you. Thank you so much for those people who have dipped that big toe in the proverbial gold pot, and we tasted it, and and, and uh, my tears have turned into dancing. Thank you so much. Uh, also, if you want to be do a sort of a more indirect version of of prompting and doing a promo to this showho, you just go to that same Feral Audio page. You go there, and you click on the Twisting the Wind page, and you click on Shop on Amazon. And what that does is it allows you to shop on Amazon to buy normal, regular shit. And we get a little piece of it because that's it's our portal. And if you also go to the many different Twisting the Wind pages, you'll see different things that have been talked about on different episodes that we're like just just spewing forth with the geyser of, oh, this is so good. Oh, this is oh, this is just so good. Oh, oh, is this is a good book. Oh, is this a good song? Oh, it is. All that stuff is available. Link, link. Linked to Amazon, so you just click it and you get it. Click it's called it's a new program called Click and Get. Oh man, I wish I had the echo on that, don't you guys? On, on that sneeze that I just landed, all natural sneeze landed on Click and Click and Get. So Amazon Click and Get, email sponsor opportunities, donate, rate, review, subscribe, just get get it all gone, and. uh Definitely check in on the website because I'm going to be performing live in your city. I may actually be, it's coming up real soon, I'm going to be in Charleston. I'm going to be in Raleigh. I'm going to be in Wilmington. Those are all solo times, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. Those are the dates of August. And then after that, starting, I believe, on the 20th, all the way till September, I'm going to be all over the goddamn place with Mr. Duncan Trussell. All over the place. So, 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 so check your local listings. We're talking about Nashville. We're talking about Atlanta. We're talking about Charleston. We're talking about um, a bunch of them. I mean, I've talked about this in the podcast before. I've, I've blasted them out. But I'll blast them out again probably next week just to get them to you. But there you go. So go to my website and you can see them. Maybe I'll put, maybe I'll put them on the Twisting the Wind site too. I'll say, oh, if you don't want to go to johnnypemberton.com, which is easy. If you don't want to go to Twitter which is at Johnny Pemberton. If you don't want to do that stuff, you can just go to the, the Twist in the Wind site, which you probably already go to. Or maybe you don't because you ask me questions on Twitter like, hey, what was that song that you talked about on the podcast that was very obviously talked about, the one that, that was basically a, a piece of the podcast that was framed, it was framed by the podcast, the song was so significant. What was that song? That, Okay. 
Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with asking that. I understand. I used to be the kind of guy who'd ask my roommate stuff instead of going to Google. Because I like to talk to my roommate. I like to talk to Fred. Because Fred... Well, this is this is a bygone era, but it was nice to talk to Fred. And Fred sometimes would just be like, hey, just Google that. What you're asking me right now, that's a Google question. And you know what? He's right. But the thing is, it's nice to talk to somebody, you know. It's that that's what the, that's what we need to have now, I think. It's probably some Google stands, you know? Have some places that it's just a guy who uh who has access to Google. He's maybe he's he's a little better at it. Probably better at it through practice because he's he's there all the goddamn time. It's just a Google stand. You go up maybe a couple people. You can choose between like a man or a woman or like a, a someone who's in between or maybe um maybe like a, a person with an animal, like a chinchilla that's in like taking a per- perpetual dust bath. And uh you just ask them a question and they're like, okay. And they don't, they don't sass you. They don't go, uh, google.com. They like go, oh, cool. And they talk you out. They talk it through. And, uh, I guess, good. and they give you the information. Basically what I'm talking about here is an information booth. There's those, those things should be everywhere. I love using them at the airport because the people who work those things are always people who are retired who are like, yeah, I used to be a missile commander and now I work here at the information booth. Uh, I'm really nice because uh, I have to be here. Otherwise, I'll go completely fucking crazy. And my wife at home, uh, she won't let me be there because she has been holding down the fort for the past uh, 35 years as when I worked as a missile commander. And now that I... Don't work as a missile commander. I just have no have so much energy, and I typically would would actually smash all the, all the China at home because I was unable to command missiles. So this this information place is a real good outlet for me. Yeah, I'll I'll take any question. What do you got? You got, you got a problem? You got a body? Okay. Um, guess what? I'm gonna put a little sign up. Be back in fifteen. I'm gonna help you with that problem. That's what we need more of. Uh, let's let's get down to to brass tacks here. Let's do this. Okay. So you, I'm just looking at your Facebook profile here. You're from Yolo, California. Where is that? Uh, well, actually, I think I know, but go ahead. Yeah, well, y- Yolo, California is just outside of uh, Woodland, California, which is on the 113 down there outside of Sacramento, kind of closer to the, I guess UC Davis is Wait a good a reference point. Y- Yolo is actually, that's the name of the town. <laughs> Yes, there is a town. Oh my god! I thought, yeah. So I thought you were making some sort of uh, God fucking fool me, fool me twice immediately. Well, Johnny, I gotta come <laughs> clean. I gotta come clean with you here. Yeah. I actually am from Dixon, but spent quite a bit of time in Yolo County, <laughs> which Yolo County does. I mean, like you know, UC Davis, the school you hear about, that's actually in Yolo County. So it's you, right. So you know, I have. Uh, lived La Vida YOLO. You have. Um, Literally and figuratively. Absolutely. Actually, in the end, I grew up um, mainly in Dixon, which is actually in Solano, but there is a small town out in the country, which actually is just a couple of like trailers that cook meth and then a couple silos in this water district thing. But uh, there is actually a town called Yolano, which I used to claim yeah. Yolano. Yolano, okay. I wonder if, that, if YOLO is you only live once, I wonder what Yolano would be. You only live 
again, never, I don't know, never, never alone. No, never, never only, never, never only. Maybe it's something that's weird. It's been translated from Spanish and it doesn't work because the, the where the part, the participle is, uh, but it's dangling or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, that's really, really there. I would have to say that uh, the closest, uh, the coast, closest establishment that anybody's living at near Yolano is a migrant camp. So I'm wondering if maybe that is where the, you know, because uh, it does kind of sort of have a the cadence to the sentence. The way the sentence structured has a sort of a Spanish feel to it. If I'm a Spanish feel, yeah, yeah. For some reason, every time you say something, uh, I'm hearing like pieces of uh, of Longmont Potion Castle. I know you're a big fan of that. You know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Longmont Potion Castle. Bust um, your lip. Yeah. The problem is, I don't know if listeners know I'm such a big fan of it, and that I, th- I feel like if I played a clip of Longmont Potion Castle, they would, everyone would abandon the podcast and just listen to Longmont Potion Castle and nothing else because it's the greatest thing of all time. I, I feel like those guys, what they <laughs> did. I've laughed. I've, I've listened to some of those tracks maybe like a hundred times, especially yeah. the, especially Dugan Nash when he calls <laughs> the. Uh, oh, yeah. God. No. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, we've I've I've played it on my show a few times, and it, you do get definitely get the feeling like oh I'm gonna this is people are gonna think oh what I worry about <clears throat> is that people are gonna hear it and think oh that's that's Doctor Foxmeat uh, that's what that's what he does, and then when they actually find out what I do, they're gonna be like oh that sucks. I thought he was that really funny guy that was busting people's lips yeah. and sending people boxes of centipedes and Cent- stuff millipedes. <laughs> so frankly, I just like to get him off my dock. <laughs> so you live up there in Northern California. You have for a long time, indeed. And we, and we met when I was up there doing the the festival that this goes on out there uh, that you are a big part of, and we have mutual friends who are living down here in Los Angeles. Absolutely, the, uh, so, the Savage Henry Shits and Giggles Festival, right. and yes. which is amazing in, in many different ways. So you up there? What is the uh, what is your modus operandi in terms of? Well, I came up here, I came up here actually to escape the first, honestly, if we're going to get, we're going to get Marin here. uh, Yeah, let's do it. The first round of heroin when it came through back in the nineties, back when it was, back when it was Kurt Cobain cool. Uh Like I was, uh, I was caught up in, you know, Dixon, the place I came up in was a pretty, pretty scummy place back then. So it like really hit hard there. And, um, I was, I I wasn't trying to escape so much my use of it as I was escaping the people that I was around that were involved in it. And my whole life had sort of like started to, you know, being in bands and your, you know, girlfriends and all this crap and everybody gets involved in this thing, which is kind of happening again. Now there's this big heroin resurgence, at least. Yeah. I hear, I I hear, uh, I hear whisperings of that. Yeah, no, it's getting big. It's like I've had, I've been touched by it, not personally myself, but with friends around, like very, like very, uh, it's, it's definitely on the, on the upswing. But, uh, I originally came up back in 90, 97, 98 to just kind of escape the situation I was in. Things were getting a little bit hairy and I was getting kind of close to all that stuff. So you were using that you were using and Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so you mean like in terms of it was getting hairy because it was just, it's, thi- one, it's one thing to be involved in it, it's another thing to have everyone that you're involved in also involved in it. It's just sort of yeah. overwhelming, well, consuming. 
Well, the thing, I, well, here's the thing, and I'm sure that anybody out there can relate that when you start out with something like that, you start out experimenting, and we were all just smoking it, and it was like, oh, this is cool, you know, like, okay. oh, yeah, no. And then it was when we started, like, shooting, it was like, okay, I'm not digging this. I mean, obviously, I was digging it, it was cool, like, whatever, but. I was, you know, not digging like the way it was starting to affect everybody. It turned, it turned a corner at that point and things were starting to get really dirty. People were starting to steal stuff. There was, you know, people, yeah, it was, it was just a bad scene. It was the stuff that follows drug addiction, that weird, you know, you, before you know it, all of a sudden you're just kind of like hanging out in that weird part of town with those weird people doing that weird thing that like, wow, how much, you know, like it's really gross. I mean, yeah, I, I really don't have any firsthand experience with, with that stuff, but I, I can, I, I can mean, tell you that you're going to experience a lot of Cheerios and a lot oh, of couch cushions. You know what I'm saying? It's Cheerios that kind of a thing. And couch cushions. That could be like, that could be a, uh, like a heroin. I mean, <laughs> of course, there might as well be another heroin book because there's already so many of them. Yeah, well, why right. not have another one? But Cheerios yeah. and couch cushions. So you went. But I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I just like I get. I just kind of like recently started kind of actually like talking about this stuff because back in the day, yeah, there were so many heroin books and it was so glamorized that it was like, oh, I'm not going to bring this crap up because it just. I hate. I hated. I would run into people to be like, oh yeah, man, I used to do heroin, and it was like, oh oh god, seriously, guy, like yeah, and you're not Kurt Cobain, so <laughs> nobody cares, like right. So yeah, it's hard. But, I, I think there's there's a weird trap where uh, things that are glamorized are they feel like they're ruined because of that, but actually it's just the person who is trying to, I guess, ride that piece of glamour, and they have nothing interesting to say or to offer. So it's it seems like it makes it can make you feel that same way, even though it's not necessarily the case, because everyone. Has something decent to say, especially if you if 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 you're really dead set on. Usually, people who who talk about stuff and that's been glamorized, really, that's all they do is just kind of talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, you experience it a lot in the entertainment industry, where you'll find people who are doing the work, and they don't just come to you and like, oh, hey, dude, check out this new thing I'm doing. Look at this. Check this out. And then you'll find, I don't know, it just seems like when you're really you know, doing the thing, you don't tend to glamorize it so much and you kind of, cause it's your work, you right. know? Yep. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what William Burroughs would say about heroin, but he'd probably, well, he's probably <laughs> like, I, I, I'm done talking about it today. <laughs> yeah. I would like to talk about this yogurt. <laughs> okay. So you moved up there. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, and that was the first thing that was just like, I had friends that I knew that had moved up here, uh, a, f- a very close friend's older sister was going to school, and it was literally like, you know, my friends, you know, I did have two friends come to me, two really good friends, and just be like, you know what, this is getting kind of out of control. I was like, no, I totally agree, fuck this. Mm-hmm. And um, because I mean, and that's one thing that I do want to say, if there's anybody out there listening that's having trouble with this stuff, you can get out, and they're like, just listen to that part of you that knows, like, fuck this, you know, and like... So they kind of came to me and they're like, listen, if you want help, like, what do you think? I was like, you know what? I could get out of town. That's the only thing because I got to get away from these people. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, dude, look, you were talking about going up to Humboldt. Go check that out. So I came up and spent like two months up here just kind of bumming around and like, you know, staying with uh, my friend's sister and uh, stay, like sleeping in a tree stump with hippies, all that kind of Are fun. Are you serious? Like, oh, yeah, dude. I'll show you. I'll show sleeping you next time you're up here. tree stump. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's there's there are parts of me that are younger, like maybe high school, and 
I don't know, any, any, any five-year period before and after high school where what you just said, it sounded like I, I can't <laughs> believe how bad I want to do that. And it's, that, yeah. There was that book that you, that, like, I can't remember, like, like the other, our side of the mountain or where the red fern grows. There was one of these books as a kid that was just like some kid goes and lives in a tree stump and it's just like, oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. See, you know, like, I know I'm, I'm totally feeling you on that. And it's, the thing is, if you do it, it only gets worse. <laughs> really? What do you mean? Like, like, like life or just sort of the, uh, the tree stump? Well, the whole the whole feeling of I mean, like I'm very comfortable and I do like having nice stuff like I have like a, you know, like a television and stuff like that. (laughs) But like whenever my mind wanders, I it like wanders to like straight like like felled trees, like straight logs, you know, not not big ones, like thin ones that you can make like tree houses out of and like how to like lash pieces of wood together and like mm-hmm. how to split a log into a shingle, you know, like using like the side of an axe and just like my brain thinks all this dumb like like midlife crisisy hippie like turn, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stuff like but it's like it it like there is a part of you that is I believe you know, that whole camp out Robinson Crusoe, yeah. uh, Swiss Family Robinson thing, like just like you can't like and to feed that a little bit seems like it only makes it worse. You know, you mean to feed to feed that sort of uh, allu- not illusion, but that to feed to feed that idea. Makes- yeah, like the like the desire of going out and like living in a tree stump. Right. When you go out and do it like, well, I mean, actually, there's I think the reason why I am so comfortable like admitting to liking comfort is having done that. There is so yeah. much uncomfortable stuff about those situations. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Why probably for me, it's a, like we're talking about. It's glamorized because I grew up in the suburbs, the, the whitest place in America, basically, and and we had everything like it was opulent essentially. So for me, that kind of thing, I, I've always, even as a kid, like poverty or any kind of like. Yeah, like train riding or any kind of bum like thing. I just always wanted. Oh, it's so cool. Wish I could do that, but I th- always thought I can't, couldn't because of my bowel disease. But really, it's also probably one of. Even if I didn't have that, I'd still probably not want to. You know, once you yeah, get no. down to it. But maybe that's like what you're saying. It makes sense though, because it's a thing where once you're there, you're like, okay, I get this. Um, I, I now have a more a, a greater impetus to leave this situation because it's not what my brain thought it was going to be. Absolutely no. There's I've often said and like there's a few I have a few friends like who I kind of helped to make this theory with, but like there's a certain point in the night when you're outside and it's cold that your ideals like the cold shuts down the part of your brain that has those ideals. You're like, like, you know, that's why the kid, the runaway kid always ends up coming back. And then when it gets further on into your life and shit gets more serious and you're like, okay, I'm outside and it's raining and like all this shit. And like, I, you know, here's what my moral compass would, you know, suggest I do. But there's a point where all those ideals just kind of go out the window and you kind of touch. It gives you, I I feel it's like giving me like more of an understanding of like, Oh, well, when, People commit crimes, you really have to look at where their mind was at and what they were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Because there is a point when the cold and the dark shuts that part of your brain off, you know? Yeah, you just you just want to get inside. Yeah. That's, and I think yeah. And I think it's really helped me to come the other direction, you know, like mm-hmm. to not like want to like be doing those things, you know, like be finding myself in those situations. Yeah, you can still have yourself you can still keep yourself close to a place of uh of that 
mindset of being open and interested in uh, the the opposite of whatever you want to call civilization or yeah. the man construction. Totally. What's the word? What, what's the word they use nowadays for that? What do they call it? Babylon? 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 Yeah. I guess Babylon's <laughs> never going to be a bad one to say. <laughs> Babylon. This year. <laughs> oh, I can't get started on that. It's like an addiction. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially up here because it's like, you know, oh, there's so much of that that like you white actually are. Oh, yeah. You've got a lot of that. And I mean, like, like Will and I were at the taco truck the other day and uh, uh, the the... I just, I was like, this old hippie guy walks up with this little girl, and she's totally, you know, the quintessential, like, precious little hippie girl. And he's, like, you know, the old, like, dreadlocked, wise looking dude, and just walks up, and she says something, and he's just like, well, yeah, that's inflation for you. And, and then, <laughs> inflation. like, inflation. And, like, I'm like, this is like a, like a six year old girl. Oh and my then, God. and then oh they, man. they, the lady calls, like, they call, oh, two Korean pork burritos? And he turns thinking that they were his, like, veggie burritos or whatever. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, oh, like, Korean pork? And he's like, oh, that's not my Korean pig. And, like, he turns to the little girl. And as we're walking away, I just hear him say, yeah, well, it's those kind of people that... And it's just like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Like, that's funny, man. That's kind of it's kind of a, a visual metaphor for... The, if you keep you keep talking in that way for so long, eventually the only person you can talk to is a child. Yeah, no, <laughs> you have, seriously. You have to get a child to listen to you talk, <laughs> because ugh, that's oh, so wow. funny. You yeah. just brought you just brought so much closure to me on that because I was like, oh, I got so mad. I was like, Willa, I'm sorry, but I'm just so mad about that. <clears throat> oh, he needs that baby to talk to. He's got to totally. He's got to have someone to complain to about. Yeah. That, oh. that, yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, that's like, but I mean, that's the thing up here. There's a lot of that, like, you know, and, but you're seeing it not quite as much. It seems like it's, of course, then again, it's reggae on the river this weekend. So all those people are down at reggae. So, oh, they're, they're reggae hard. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's a weird thing. It's a hard place to be because I don't know the whole, the whole reggae world is, uh, I find it difficult to, to feel out where feel out where I stand, but uh, I, I just I'm not gonna even try to think about that now. It's too much. It's too complicated. No. Well, yeah, because it really gets down to the point where if you know your shit and you're like down to talk to people, you find yourself in the company of people that aren't necessarily. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? If you go so far down the rabbit hole, like say with metal mm -hmm. and like eventually yeah. you, you can't you can't talk to like regular casual metal fans about it. You have to like talk to like real metal metal people about it. And when you get there, you find that, oh, these people don't have an appreciation for anything but this. Yeah. And, like we get yeah. a lot of that up here. You know, it's a uh, it's that weird otaku thing where it's you're so close. There's one single thing that. It's as nerdy as it gets. I think I'm trying. I think I talked about this in the podcast before, but I feel like probably the nerdiest people in the world because this is what this, that word gets thrown around so much now. Like it's really just it's beyond the pale in terms of what it even means. But yeah, I think the ultimate nerds are people who are into trains. I think that's pretty much that's about as nerdy as it gets. If you're into like, if you're into locomotives, like models or just all no, like, in general, like, like going to see trains and writing down the time that they arrived and the time that they left, the model number, stuff like that. Stuff yeah. that's, uh, that's basically like it predates autism. It's I think it predates Asperger's. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. That's pretty nerdy. Something else I thought the other day when I was like, this is it. This is as nerdy as it gets. And it's not, I don't know. It's, there's so many things that are, that are quote unquote cool that 
actually are just the most geeky, dorky thing you can possibly be into. I really like the idea of the autism Aspergers, like like the I like the I think there's a book there. I think before Asperger's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just the idea of like how it was expressed, like you know, train yeah. spotting. Like, okay, I get it. Like OCD. Like, oh yeah, Rain Man. <sighs> but there's still people who are into trains, though. They're so into trains. It's it's to watch some of those videos. It's inspiring. It makes you feel good because this person is getting so happy about seeing something that is. I mean, it is cool. I do think it's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. At the same time. Like, they plan their vacations around some of that stuff. It's really, they're so into it that it makes you feel like, oh, man, that's that's cool that you can derive so much pleasure from something like that. Oh, my God, right? That would be amazing. And not have to fuck it. They don't have to fuck it. Unless yeah. That's, unless that's a secret thing about being in you know, trains. They're fucking trains. <laughs> you know, I, I, hate to, I hate to think it, but there's a part of my brain that just does have to go there. You know, <laughs> think that that's probably what's, you know, yeah. trained through the tunnel thing or something weird. I don't there's know. There's a special part of the train that it takes a long time to find. And once you do, it's just like the cum spot of the century <laughs> right there. It just, it's a blast off point. Oh, 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 the train hole. Oh, I cannot wait. So good. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, um, that's doing it there. So I'm going to ask, so what are you, uh, what's going on in Humble these days? What are you involved in? Well, that's the thing. It's like, cause that's what I was going to say. It's like, I came up here originally to escape, you know, stuff. And then I saw what was kind of going on up here and it was kind of tripping me out that I'm like, oh, wow, this is weird. Like, seriously, kids my age, mm-hmm. like, have money to pay me shit like 20 bucks an hour to transplant some plants for them. Like, this is insane. This is like a wonderland. And like, everybody I knew that was a mediocre musician mm-hmm. had like an amazing studio. Because and it's it just was all the weed money. It's just all money. the weed money flowing into the spot. And, you know, that was back when it was just up at like, you know, you like four, four thousand a pound was like no thing for people back then. And like, you know, even into, you know, a few years back, people were still into like thirty eight thousand and shit. I, I mean, thirty eight. I mean, thirty eight hundred. Well, just like is that weed? I don't know. We uh, massive price scales of. Oh marijuana. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like nowadays, like people are. I mean, it's it's there's okay. So I guess I should back up a little bit. Uh, I came up here during the time that like you know everybody is just like learning how to do the indoor thing, the hydroponic thing, mm-hmm. on a massive scale. Like, and it was easy to do because you just drive down to the shop, pick up everything you needed, pick up a book on how to do it, and you were going within weeks. And something you do underground or like in a in a big old shed kind of thing. Well, you can, you can do it anywhere, right? That's yeah. Well, hum- Humboldt County got its start as far as the whole weed culture with sort of a bit inland from the college here, where it's a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit more of an arid climate. Okay. And so that's all been the outdoor thing. But it really moved into where, like, a person with no property could get into growing. Back, you know, maybe in the, like, mid-90s, I would say, is really when it, like, locked into where you could, like, set up an indoor thing, which is really where, like, guys like my friends could get in on it. Because nobody had, you know, nobody at 20 had, you know, the all the cash to go and plop down on a huge chunk of property. Well, some right. people did. But most people just, you know, would rent out, you 
know, an $800 a month spot and like live in the living room and blow up all the other rooms and just, you know, crank it out and then have a studio somewhere that they rented out that like, you know, so it was like this huge, I mean, just. Is that at all kind of scary, worrisome for them? Like in terms of the legality of it? Back then it was more so, I think, because nobody was really sure. We didn't have anybody to cross-reference on. And that was when I was just, so I had come up here, lived up here, moved back down, done a bunch of band stuff in the Davis area, and then started coming back up for work because I had friends that had lived up here that I'd made, you know, when I'd initially come up here. And also from me coming up here and kind of quote unquote discovering this place for my group of friends, Mm -hmm. a few of my friends like moved up here to like, you know, be a part of like the whole Humboldt thing. And, uh, so I would start coming up for work and that was back when I was working, you know, like back in the late, 90s early 2000s uh no actually just in the early 2000s i don't don't even think i was like really you know solidly working up here right but um and uh yeah back then people were still a little bit worried about because nobody had the experience of everybody else had one or two friends that was growing fast forward five years and every fucking person you know is growing weed and it's like everybody can go hey have you ever heard of anybody getting busted for being on the energy saver program but having like 30 lights it's like nah i've never heard of it and like and then like you know you talk to your buddy who does electricity he's like i'll ask pg&e they don't give a fuck like so it's like you really get to the point it's the that's the power yeah yeah totally so it's like you like I had the PG and like PG and E guy come out to my spot once and just be like, Oh, you might have a, like telling me what was probably wrong with one of my ballasts for one of my lights. He's like, you got a buzz going on and it's getting picked up by the AM radio by your neighbor, but it's probably one of your ballasts. Wow. So just go check it out. So yeah. that's something that's like, it's just so endemic to the culture there that even people, I, I had a sort of a similar, but lesser experience happen. When I was trying to build a potato gun and probably by <laughs> age 16, go to the hardware store and we're picking out the different components for it and like i'm not saying anything about what what i'm buying and then the guy who works there because <laughs> we're asking for a specific thing he's hmm uh, i don't know if we got that there oh oh you're building a spot gun okay <laughs> and I'm like uh yeah we uh, and he, oh let me show you you got to do this you got to have this instead oh this, yeah. this is gonna make it better it's cheaper and it's better so fat yeah it's 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 not something that that's sort of a yeah. not, not that close of a story but no no yeah, it, everyone's involved in it isn't it it's like well it really is the thing where you you assume at first well and see that's the thing that's the beauty of it is that's when i got involved is like when i saw that the nature like the the shift had happened to where it was oh i'm gonna be able to do this and go and talk to my neighbors about all mm-hmm. this stuff and not even have to i mean which i never did tell them but like my neighbor to the that had the AM radio buzz, he was smart enough to know what was going on, and he's you know like an old Air Force dude. <laughs> and uh, that, he was way, that is know, the thing though. I noticed that because I I, will, I listen to Coast to Coast at night a lot, and we have some new energy saving uh, floodlights out front mm-hmm. that, that are tripped by the motion tripper. And now when they when they trip on, it's kind of spooky actually because when they trip on, the AM radio starts to buzz in a weird way, and it's like, yeah. oh fuck, there's somebody in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, exactly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. freak. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, 
It was definitely like now. Now you sh- oh, that's kind of weird because like really FCC has gotten in on a, like a lot of the new energy saving stuff to make sure it doesn't do that because that was what it was is that um, had some old digital ballasts from like that were pre before anybody really thought to see if they were gonna fuck up AM radio. Like who's listening to AM radio? Me wow. and Johnny Pemberton. Yeah. So <laughs> the greatest tone there is. Absolutely, great, God. Great tone. I w- I was on coast to coast once. Are you serious? You called yes. in. I called in. Oh wow! Tell me about this. Okay, well, this is the this is one of the trippiest things that ever happened to me ever because we were I was I was down in Los Angeles and I'd come down to doing some band stuff. I went to a party at the the drive through records uh, guy, oh, the guy man. who ran, and uh, just randomly because my friend was getting signed to him or was signed to him at the time, and they were trying to get my band signed, and so it's like, come down to LA, we'll go to this party and stuff. And I get down there, and of course I blow out a tire like right when I get down there, and it's like, I'm poor as shit, so like I had to work to get a tire to get back up, and I was working with this crew, and we were out like uh, just at some, you know, out there near. Um, uh, what's a anyway? I'm gonna sound like an idiot if I try and say where I was at. Um, doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. doesn't matter. But um, so we were out in the hills somewhere, and uh, we were looking out at this tree, and there was this bird, and I was like, man, that bird looks fucking huge. And someone's like, man, because you know it's after work, we're waiting for the van to come and pick us up and take us back to you know the whole spot, the the yard and all that stuff. And um, we're looking out at this tree, and like it's like, man, there's this huge bird out there. And uh, one of the dudes on the crew is like, oh, man, there's fucking monkeys out here, man. It's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, oh, dude, there's fucking monkeys out here. I'll tell you, fucking my cousin saw one, and then I saw it on the news the other day. Somebody's seen a monkey out here, man. And it's like, dude, I bet you that's a fucking thunderbird. Because when I was a kid, I fucking saw a huge bird up in a tree when I was skateboarding. Like, it's like, <laughs> like 87. I'm just riding my skateboard, and I... Riding, and I'm like riding out towards the country and there's this big stand of eucalyptus and I look up and there's this huge gray bird and it looked like it had teeth and all I can remember is like being able to see that I could tell its eyeball was looking at me from where I was which was really far away uh-huh. and it freaked me out and it turned around and, and rode off really quick and it's always stuck with me this weird bird that I saw that was huge and like just didn't look like any bird. I grew up out in the country, you know. I've seen cranes. I know all about, you know. You know about birds. E- I know about egrets. Yeah. I mean, you, you name it. You throw, you throw a finch at me, I got it. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, but I was telling these people about the, you know, I was like, oh man, dude, I saw this thunderbird. I bet you that's what that motherfucker out there on that tree is what, right now. What is and a thunderbird? Like, there, it's like a, it's a, it's a Native American. Uh, legend that there's a giant bird that'll come and take you if you I think it's for kids to scare them to not go too far away from you know the whole the whole tribe or whatever in you know but it's like this old myth that there's this giant bird that would Mm -hmm. swoop through and just like take kids and I mean there's some kind of obviously Art Bell or actually it was George Nori obviously Mm -hmm. um I think he found some sort of precedent your 70s yeah, no, right? Mm-hmm. I, so that's my one thing is that it was George and Nori. So I talked to George, but like still, you know, it's well, a... So, I, so you, saw this, you saw this Thunderbird. That's what you think it was. So, I mean, I was just fucking around with the guys at work, right? And, I, and we'd been listening to... Because, you know, I was down in Los Angeles with a cool band. So, of course, there's no fucking TV. There's just like a vintage handheld radio next to a typewriter that doesn't work very well. <laughs> and like... So we're all sitting around, and so, like, that's what we do at night is sit around and listen to Coast to Coast. And I was like, don't worry, guys, fucking, because uh, I was trying to explain to him, I was like, don't worry, they'll play it on, they'll, George will be talking about it on Coast to Coast tonight. No fucking shit. We tune into Coast to Coast that night, and he's like, oh, tonight we're talking about the Thunderbird. And they're like, what? 
holy shit. And so like they're all, dude, you got to call. And so I called like immediately. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was on forever. And then somebody came on. They're like, oh, OK, what, what do you got going on? I was like, oh, yeah, I saw one of these things when I was a kid. And the, the dude was the screener was so great. He's like, oh, oh, my God, you saw one of these things <laughs> like just totally like making me feel like he believed oh, it so hard. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God, this is rad. Like this guy fucking actually is not doubting me. He doesn't think I'm crazy. Like fucking. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, hold on. You're going to hear George talk and then you don't, you know, don't say anything because you're going to be on. Now just wait for him to say stuff. And like I like went on. It was just like a blur. I was like, oh, I don't even remember. Like because, you know, it's like I listen to Coast to Coast. Oh, for, man. You, you know, there's nothing in this world more nerve wracking. Like, I've, you know, I've been doing stand up comedy for like almost 10 years and did yeah. a lot of live performing in front of big audiences and been on like film sets where. It's like yeah. a big film set. There's something that has to happen once and it has to happen right. And all that stuff. Nothing makes me as nervous as calling into a talk-in call-in <laughs> radio show. I'm not kidding. I started yeah. fucking sweating like, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, fuck, I'm like a whore in church. <laughs> I start sweating yeah. and it just gets so nervous. And I, I lose my ability to, to stay in the moment and speak, <laughs> speak eloquently. <laughs> just, it all goes out the window and it's like a fucking idiot. I don't know why. No. It's something about that. Just no, you really, you really get a feel for like, all, oh my god, I'm that guy who calls in. That you're just <laughs> yeah. like, what? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, no, you, you talk to George. That that's what I love about that show is that they don't uh, ever question anything anyone says. They're mm. just sort of, and it's it's. Some people would say that's bad, but I think it's great because it's a thing where you know you get you got to give the crazy something, man. Yeah. They got it. Well, if Coast to Coast wasn't around, I think there would probably be a lot of murders and weird suicide things and just there'd be a lot of bad things happening just because there's there's just the one there's just one person out there they know is not going to I I was listening yeah. to I, I think it was when Coast to Coast was a TV show. This was a couple years back. I don't know if it's still around, but it was sort of a a, a new thing. Yeah. And they had George Norrie on one of those uh like Dateline or something like that. And the guy was talking to him about about the show and asking him about stuff that gets get calls about. And he's, and he's like, George, no. So this, this guy's calling up saying he, he had Bigfoot in his living room and it was had coffee with him. I mean, come on. Even you know that's, <laughs> that's preposterous. And George said without even like the trace of irony or any uh, any sort of like just no, no irony, no humor, no nothing at all. He was, he's just, he just says to the guy, well, I I don't know. I wasn't there. I I can't verify if it's true or not. All I can do is take their word for it. I'm like, wow, what a fucking saintly thing to say. Yeah, really, you know, just, just to say, yeah, to, to just believe someone because you you it's true. You can't tell if someone's telling the truth or not. So why not just listen to them? And that's really the only way to do a show like that mm-hmm. properly. Which I think some would argue though that Art definitely did. He had people that he would call bullshit on, like, do you are you familiar? I can't remember the guy. He used to have a Christian guy that would call in that he would basically oh, yeah, troll. The guy, the guy who go, The devil, the devil. I can't yeah, remember his yeah. name, but yeah, that's that's yeah. before my time. But I've heard clips of him. So I mean I think that like a lot of people's opinion of George Nori is based on what their opinion of because uh, I mean Really, art was sort of like a Roy Orbison kind of type. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Like I he really. I don't really know what that means, but I I know who Roy Orbison is. I just don't know how it translates. I don't either. Of... <laughs> I just am. I guess that's what it is. I imagine art 
sitting in a studio imagining himself as Roy Orbison. I don't okay, know like kind how of a, that... Kind of a badass, I see. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. He was like more of a... He's, yeah, he's more of a man in black type Johnny Cash yeah. action well, kind of going on. I think it's good when they call out the people who are repeat offenders, who are trolls and like who are trying yeah. to get attention. But this, I think it's great how the, the, with the first time guests, they're always pretty... I heard one guy very and very very coolly and very in depth. I recorded it on my phone, but it sounds really shitty. Talking about how, in sometime in 1998, he uh, found out that only him and his family were not embedded with micro. He said he said this. He said micro. He didn't say microscopic. He said something wrong. So he said the word wrong, like like microcosmic. Yeah. Yeah. We're embedded with microcosmic chips in the back of our neck. And you can tell because when you look at my eye, you can tell. And he, he has this whole long preamble that's very boring and simple. And also he just drops that bomb. And George Norrie says, this is right up to a commercial break. He says, so maybe you're a hybrid? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I've heard a lot of crazy shit on that show. And that was one of the, one of the most bold-faced, ludicrous things I've ever heard someone call in and say. And he didn't even bat a fucking eye. He just was like, okay, well, um, I guess we got to, we, 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 we at least have to put it in the pool, see if it floats. So, <laughs> it's, he's not... Yeah, I mean, he'd be like the best science teacher or something. Just try anything. Well, I mean, and that's what it is. It feels like it feels like he's got a very like. I mean, that's that really is how you have to run a show like that nowadays. Like, I don't know if Art Bell would be as successful if he were to happen now. If he would be more successful than George Norrie, per se, yeah. like which a lot of old fans would be like, oh my god, if Art Bell, if, yeah, you know. But I don't know if that would be the right for the right for the climate. You know, I don't think that. I think that yeah, George is definitely very aware of what he's doing. You know, as far as being more open to that kind of stuff than mm-hmm. than Art was. It's a beautiful show. It absolutely is. Everybody listen to Coast to Coast uh, at night sometimes, and you know the best is to listen to Friday Open Lines. I still yeah. I still say that there's not a single. If you're ever in any type of creative rut, if you're ever just banging your head against the wall, can't think of anything, can't enjoy anything, you can't don't like the taste of your favorite yogurt, which <laughs> by the way should be Bellwether Farms sheep's milk yogurt from Sonoma County. It's some of the I'm, I'm I'm desperately wanting a sponsorship from Bellwether Farms uh, Sheep's Milk Yogurt. It's the greatest taste in the universe. Wow, I'm gonna have to try this. Oh my god, it's the best. It's I just per- I like Zoe. Uh, like it's uh, available at Winco. It's like the Winco, like mm. always on sale yogurt. But it's the only yogurt that has the consistency of the classic Yoplait custard style, which I don't think they make anymore. I don't know if they do. Yeah, I I started out on custard style. I did. That was my. Oh. Yeah, that was my yeah. original yogurt, but I've since upgraded. The sheep's yeah. the sheep's milk is uh, <clears throat> the she- it's something about sheep's milk. I think it's because it's the original yogurt. That's what. Really, I think so. Because I don't. I think, didn't know uh, that. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'm not totally sure. I'm probably speaking out of my ass here, but I think that sheep were maybe because they're the most their size are the most manageable in yeah. terms of having a flock and a herd. You get a lot from sheep. You get milk and you get wool. Yeah. So you get all this stuff. So it makes sense. I th- it makes sense to me that that's one of the earliest cheeses 
and milks. But I suppose goats and sheep aren't all that different, really. No, well, I mean, except for the wool factor. And, yeah. you know, I do have a kind of, some kind of a memory of cheese being created by a guy who put some milk into a she- I'm assuming sheep's milk into a sheep's bladder yep. and tied it up and rode a horse. And the action of the horse ride, by the time he got there, it had turned into cheese. And it's delicious. Oh, yeah, God. Thank God for that. Well, what I was saying is that the... Uh, well, like, what I was saying was... Um, <laughs> what I was saying is that listen to Coast to Coast Friday night open lines if you're ever hitting a wall. It's just... Yeah. It's something about it. It's the, I can see it. The novelty factor is is off the charts in terms of the stuff you'll hear some crank say. If you just... You can write a play about every person who... Every crank that calls... <laughs> I love Absolute. calling people cranks. It's it's so demeaning, you know? <laughs> Could you imagine if someone referred to you as a crank? How, how bad you'd feel? Well, because it's like it's it means a tool. Yeah. It's like it's it's a <laughs> it's got a it's got those hard K sounds in yeah. it. It's a drug that's really dirty. <laughs> that's right. It's a kind of phone call that like is demeaning <laughs> to one or more people. Right. Like, yeah. And in, in, in German, it means sick. I mean, just <laughs> I got this. I got this crank rolling around here, trying to sleep <laughs> on the lawn. I got this fucking crank <laughs> over here, trying to tell me what. I'm I'll gonna tell start you calling what. everybody cranks now. I'm just gonna call. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, it's just some crank. Just some that- old. <laughs> That kind of stuff has been getting into the lexicon lately. Has it? The whole oh, I mean, I just I started saying holy smoke. I heard somebody <laughs> say holy smokes a while back, and like I mean, I mean years and years ago. Right. But it's like that kind of stuff, like, and especially because when it gets into your lexicon in an organic way, mm. and you'll be like, ah, this motherfucking crank over here. People like really respond. I've fa- I've noticed that people respond yeah. when you you mix the old, you know, the old All vernacular the with the with the with the new. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was saying, oh of, dear, for a while. I was saying, oh dear, all the time. Oh yeah. I think it might be might be coming back. Yeah. Just instead of saying, oh shit, you're like, oh dear. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, I mean, and like I I got to the point where I would be like rats, snakes. <laughs> that was another one, snakes. I would say fucking snakes. Snakes. Like there's a new one I tried out recently and we were up camping and uh up in the uh eastern Sierras, there's all these hot springs. We're going to hit in the hot springs and hot springs are hot. When you first get in, you have to exclaim something because it's just yeah. so fucking hot. And I started saying, "Ooh, Jason." <laughs> or, "Ah, oh, Kevin." well see now a man's name yeah no that's see that's that's taking it to the next level i think that's that's some that's some next level shit right there yeah i think it is and we'll see what happens maybe yeah Um, let's take a quick little break here So I I want to ask you some stuff because I I uh, I hate Facebook. I think it's kind of yeah yeah. Well, I I just hate it for me. I think it's terrible. I would be off it if I could, but I feel like I kind of have to sit, keep a toe in it because just the um the the inherent inherent 
uh, what do you call it, promotional nature of it and the, yes, yes. And how all these fucking idiots use it for their sole form of communication. So it's hard to talk with certain people about comedy shows and things without it. So I, I totally. keep a toe in there. But I pretty much don't like to look at it all. But anytime I see something that you've posted, I always end up laughing. Uh, I don't know why, but I do, and it's it's like I feel like you're like this uh, constant on always on cultural critic who I feel like I agree with, but almost like ninety eight percent of the time. And I just so is that what is that because like I'm just I'm looking right now. I see something you can you said here. You said I can feel Wendy's closing. I just laughed out loud at that because it's true. You're right. I, I feel like Wendy's is on its way out, but I've never, I never heard anyone else say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, there's just always things you post, like you're posting here about, uh, about hip, about rap music and hip hop. And what you said is, like, I'm like a very, not a deep hip hop fan, but I do like a lot of stuff. And I c- couldn't agree with you more. You're saying here, uh, if someone is telling you something about rap and they bring up colon wu-tang outcast death grips eminem cool keith chances are they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> absolutely but it's true though well with me, i must clarify too because i got in some trouble of like with did. with ian yeah ian carmel and brandon stokes like what you don't like fucking wu-tang 36 chambers no, and like all the stuff well i should say you underneath this in, in a quotes you say it should be noted that i love three of these artists and don't particularly dislike the rest the example is a guy who thinks any of those in any way represent is in any way represent representative of the art form as a whole which yeah so you have a nice disclaimer there which well I that was to read that was added after the fact though okay. because because of people kind of like and that's the thing is i get in trouble a lot on facebook i mean i have friends who have been in bands with mm-hmm. that i'll run into after not seeing for a while and they'll be like dude what the fuck like you just don't like this it's like oh dude the only reason i would make fun of something is because I'm doing it. Like that's yeah. only that's how I'm so intimately aware of how stupid this is because I do it. Because like, you know enough about it to say something about that. Well, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I don't even know how to get into this, but there's all these things that, um, it's it's like I feel like I'm looking at sort of a. Uh, it's all very everything you say is very uh, not critical. It's just it is. It's like people. I get a lot of people like. Like, what are you so mad about? It's like, dude, I'm not. I'm stoked. You're like, making a lot of statements that are, de- like, declarative statements that are funny, but they're also very true. <laughs> I don't know. There's something of this, I guess, is, is would you call it, is calling it culture jamming? Is that kind of, uh, is that, that's a thing, wow. right? I say, I, I think this is culture jamming, I feel like, is what I'm seeing here. Culture jamming. I've, I've actually not heard that term oh. before, but I think that like, yeah, no, I could see, I could totally see that being the thing. I mean, it's, what do you do now? You know, you, I, just being involved in art and what are the new mediums and like, how can you get people's attention? And honestly, I create art all day long, like genuine, you know, fine art, I, you know, all kinds of different art mm-hmm. forms. 
But this one is, this is very art. immediate. <clears throat> the art of Facebook? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's what it feels like. It kind of feels like, because, and if, like, that's the thing is back in the days of MySpace when you used to have bulletins, I would write bulletins. And, th- and back then it was people's choice to, like, click on your bulletin and read it or not. So I had a lot more positive reactions mm-hmm. when it wasn't in people's faces, you know, just by, you know, no choice of their own. But I would start to write these bulletins about, because, you know, and it was back when I was in bands and they were probably a lot more like, oh, hey, you know, cool. Like my band just got a time machine. So now we all have accordions and suspenders like fucking we're going to start, you know, like just making fun of like these things that we were doing at the time, things that like other our friends bands were doing at the time. And I got a lot of my friends being like, oh, dude, you really need to write. This is hilarious. This totally like made me laugh and like and. It's like, you know, it was, like I said, at that point, it was a lot easier because people who wanted to, like, check out what I was writing would read it and they would be, oh, I get this. Whereas, like, now people who just randomly add me are like, oh, this guy fucking hates all this stuff that I would think he would love, you know? It's like, no. Oh, they just don't get it. Here's you, here, you're saying here, I heard a guy talking about his band and had to lay down for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could contextualize this properly, but I feel like there's something... I don't know. Maybe you need to make like a little book, like a little miniature book of all these posts. Because uh, there's this thing that's happening now. It's not really happening. It's just we're, in a, we're at a point with, with, with media and digital communication and particularly social media that is at this, it's like, it's a thing where, uh, how do you describe it? It's the thing where you're, something is ironic, but it's not ironic. And it, it, it's both things at the same time that don't cancel each other out somehow well yeah because it's like everything has to be so like in i mean anybody uh that's able to make fun of anything or complain about anything has to be partaking in the thing that they're complaining about or making fun of in some way to get there Mm -hmm. or i don't know what it is but yeah no i I, if if I could put my finger on it, if I could figure out what it is that I do there that certain people get, like it would, I would be, I would, I would have the money that I don't. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia stuff on here, which is, it's like there's that that exists now, which is strange too, because people who are our age, like in their around thirty ish, there's all these things coming back that are 100%, it's a nostalgia dollar. It's a thing where, like, we, we started talking about, we started talking about Mad Max, and that's there's a reason that's coming back, is because the people oh, yeah. who are in charge of things now want to see that, and they will pay dearly for it. They want You want to have oh. that thing back that you love so much, back when you didn't care about things that you care about now that are stupid. Oh, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, not to take it, you know, too far out, but like the place I think that's the best example that I think a lot of people could really find a connection with is BMX bikes. And if you go on to eBay, you'll see how much people are paying to get that childhood wow. they had back. It's insane. Yeah, I I, just, I don't know. It's it's always easy to think about stuff to be to be uh, what's the word to to have that to have that pride or hubris about yourself where your generation is the generation that that's oh, like, yeah. that, that's like the thing that people uh that's what my big critic of doomers people who are because i'm kind of one myself but anyone who's like a doomer doomsday person it is a thing where you have to realize that you're basically saying that your generation that you were in is so important it's going to be the last one yeah that's like a pretty 
that's a pretty grandiose thing to think. It's a very, very high egotistical idea way to feel. And if you look, if you think about that the same way, I wonder: is it the, is it the case? Is our culture right now uh, the first culture to be this interested in nostalgia, or does it just seem like it is because of our perspective? Like this, it's hard to say. It, well, I mean, I think, and I think that it's. I think that we both go in cycles and we also don't. Things do evolve. But if you look back to the 80s when you had, you know, Back to the Future, a lot of it takes place in the 50s. You had like the stray cats rocking out. You know, like you've really got like there really was this nostalgia of that 50s, 60s -hmm. vibe. And then as you got into the 90s, the whole... You know, we see then it turns into like it turned into more of a pop culture thing with that 70s show and all that stuff, like feeling that that whole thing. So I think that like we are and also us being the first Internet generation, we really are the first generation that's able to fully explore everything that we ever touched. You You can instantly just dip into there's no there's no work necessary to involve yourself in any kind of nostalgia. Like yeah, eBay. Oh, yeah. If you want something, just it's on. Someone is going to be selling yeah. it because you want it, and so maybe that's the thing. Is it's not nostalgia will never go away because nostalgia is inherent. And well, nostalgia is, in essentially, it's it's not a good thing. It's anti-progressive, right? Because yeah. you're looking back on, you're worshiping the past, and it looks great when you're looking back on it because of the whole hindsight foreshortening that happens with history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But maybe that's the thing. It's uh, because of because we're able to so easily be nostalgic that it it's like a trap. It's like a whirlpool of sorts where if you just you get sucked into it, I don't well, know. I mean, I I, th- I think about this stuff a lot because I just think it's interesting to think about. Like it's fun to just to ponder the the reasons for things being that that way that they are. A, a friend of mine, Ray, actually pointed out a really amazing like phenomenon taking place in the whole nostalgia as far as things like collectibles and things like that go. But it was really telling to me that <clears throat> he's like, oh, oh, yeah, all these people saving all these toys like in the package now. There's no fucking point because the reason why the old ones were worth money is because nobody ever did that. The second people started doing it, they're not really... You know, it's not really, you know, going to have that much value. And I'll be goddamned if I don't have like a box full of like unopened Ninja Turtles from back Mm -hmm. in the day in my parents' house that are worth basically what I paid for them because everybody did that at that point. And so now it's kind of like people are just buying like stocking up. People started stocking up basically back then that they didn't know what they were doing. But like, you know, like. Star Trek The Next Generation toys are cheap. I mean, they're cheaper than they were at Long's in 1989. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I want one of those. Oh, and they're really good. Like, the Playmates ones are awesome. I want a a Deanna Troy, man. uh, You know what? The Deanna Troy one, freaking rad. The Data one, like, ah, they're so good. And they go deep, too. It's like, they'll go into, like, they have a Mr. Hom character. They've got, like, all the weird, like, yeah, it's it's cool shit. But no... No, but it's weird because it, they're really there's one there's one visible break in the chain of like all oh here's how nostalgia works and it's mm-hmm. like, but I mean then again I was j- like right before you called I was looking up vintage airwalks like, there you go, you know so wow it's it, you can you can do it do you think that's why uh, soldiers commit suicide so much now? Uh, because of uh, not being able to find vintage airwalks <laughs> yeah. in their size, it's possible, uh, or because of because of the internet. That's, I don't my, know. that's my theory. 
Really? How so? Like, because, I mean, okay, obviously, we both know that suicides among returning soldiers, veterans, is the highest I think they've ever been in history. Yeah. At least in terms of uh, reportable statistics, they're incredibly high. So something, something's up, right? Because we're not, we don't have more people in war and the. Yeah. Something, something has changed to make this happen. I think it, um, this is my, yeah. what do you call it? Armchair, uh, yeah. five cent opinion is that the, the internet has made the, th- made war instead of it being a thing that happened someplace far away with people who you have this kinship with that went through this terrible, terrible thing that you hate. Cause no one hates war more than a soldier. That's the yeah. thing people always forget is the fucking, they hate it the most. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? You don't, you don't like war? Guess who had, guess who had to do it? <laughs> I, ha- I hate it much more. I really do. I don't, I did not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. But it's that thing where, I think it's a thing that the internet has made it so you don't really get to come home. You don't really get to, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I think it, it's yeah. something that just, to me, it seems like it makes sense because it's the only thing that's ostensibly really changed in the world in terms of uh, how people like that have to live. And it, I don't know. Oh, no, no. I mean, and I think that there's so much about, there's so much changing right now that is due to the internet that it's going to be the, I mean, it's going to be the only thing we talk about for the next 20 years once we figure out. I mean, if you look at the GOP, kind of like they're grasping at straws breaking down because now everything they do is on display. Yeah. Like you can't, like you were saying, you can't escape anything that, you know, like it's all yeah, there. Well, so maybe that, that's, that's something else I think I heard some psychologists talk about is how because of social media, you have to always sort of put on a, a, a reasonable smiley face to the world. If you're, if you're at all a, like a business person, someone who has to maintain their social media profile for the sake of their, their 401k and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And because of that, it's, it's taken away people's ability to grieve or to, to experience sadness in a more normal way it it makes things public that typically were never public and yeah. it doesn't, doesn't just make them public it puts the time stamps them and they tend to stay where they're put because it's sometimes it's hard to, to eradicate something from the internet that you've created so it creates this this situation where you can't there's no outlet for your your strong feelings and emotions that you feel comfortable with uh, projecting, and but I think maybe that could be a thing where, because of that, it, it builds up to a point where, if you're maybe a person who, um, doesn't isn't maybe I don't want to say smart enough because that's insulting, but it doesn't have the the wherewithal to to find a means to your uh, ejection of that that bile emotion. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, oh, I gotta fucking kill myself. No, well, no, it's really interesting that you bring this up because I am right now like communicating with a, a person that I met through a mutual friend that I had no idea like who they were. <laughs> and, and when you, I, I'm going to warn everybody because I know you guys are all ready to do this, but if you're thinking about dressing up like a, like a really good looking wizard <laughs> and perform and performing music, just know you're also going to be signing up to be a freelance counselor because people are going to contact <laughs> oh you. Oh my God. Like, that's you though. 
Oh, I mean, I've I've literally talked to a guy who thought he was turning into a vampire. <laughs> I talked to a guy who was like really thought that I knew where I could where he could find a dragon. Oh my like, god! I mean, it's it, it gets intense. But I mean, and this person is not that at all. She's seriously like having like problems with getting those emotions out, and she has been spewing off online just about you know, her feelings in sort of like this free form thought. And she's what she did in the military was she's a crypto linguist. So what is she, that? I, you know, it's hard to like, it's hard to talk to her necessarily about it because it kind of gets her going off on like the things that happened to her surrounding all that okay. stuff. But I'm, but I'm guessing it's, it's got to do with, you know, code cracking or just monitoring. Hmm. I'm not really sure, like, because that's the thing is she's really kind of having, she's admitted to me that she's sick. You know, she's like, I'm sick. I'm not crazy, you know, and like yeah. she's had like a lot of really hard stuff happen with her. But out of all the people apparently that she's like reached out to online, like most of the people are having like this really harsh reaction of like, yeah. Oh, you need to get on your fucking medication. You're fucking freaking the fuck out. You're going crazy. And it's not easy for those people to hear that kind of stuff. And I found that when I first started talking to her, she was really just like the things that she was writing. It was like it was almost as if she was like antagonized by me. Like, hey, you know, like, what do you think might be going on? Like, what do you think might be the thing? Mm -hmm. Assuming that I was like, you know, kind of shit talking. And then as we got further and further into it, now our conversations are extremely lucid and stuff like that, because it's like we're actually talking and kind of taking the stuff seriously, which I mean, I don't know. I told her she needs to write a book because it's like some of the stuff that like went on with her. It's like and it's really it's really sad that like I'm going to write a letter to the VA being like it's kind of weird that like I'm a dude online that like writes jokes and like does like, you know, does music dress like a wizard. And I've got your patients coming to me looking for help. Like, seriously, it's crazy. Yeah. And she yeah. cannot find help. It's kind of, it's well, kind of sad. Yeah. You write him a letter though. I answer it in the next six months or so. <laughs> totally. That whole situation is so fucked. It doesn't even, there's no, there's no turning around. It's just sort of on its way. I, I typed in crypto linguist into Google and the first the uh, every response is is goarmy.com military.com airforce.com yep so it must be something that's completely tied into with uh with the what do you call it uh, the military industrial complex totally well that was the thing is when she first started writing to me there was like stuff about the NSA and I'm like oh oh my god come on but I when I had met her and she was like very lucid and all that stuff she you know we talked about her time in the military and stuff like that and it was also very strange to have like just offhandedly met somebody like you know during a like a party and like you know having a, like a nice lucid conversation with them and then the next thing is like they're having this breakdown and like you know and I mean if she's listening I really don't I'm not trying to paint her as like somebody because she really is like you know very much just having trouble and not knowing how to find help and I think that that was part of like what she was doing online with kind of like spewing out all this stuff is just like screaming out like hey obviously I'm having problems somebody like listen to me for a minute you know right. like and it's probably, it's hard too because if she's a crypto if she's a crypto linguist everything's in code. I know, right? And then really, really, like it's like it's a it's a brain exercise to decode some of the stuff, and she types it out super fast. It's just like, Brr. wow, that's gonna yeah. mess with your head a little bit. That's, yeah, no, that's gotta like mess with your head and shit, dog. Oh man, I gotta tell you, man, it's messing with my head. 
but uh, yeah, no, but I mean, and it's like, but yeah, definitely. I just do want to point that out that like, if you do kind of put yourself out there as some sort of a psychedelic or, you know, spiritual and that weird kind of a, you know, freak, a freak master of sorts. Yeah. You know, psycho not. Yeah, exactly. You really will get like what, you know, people assume are fellow travelers on your path. Mm. So. Yeah. I, I think I, t I talk about psychedelic stuff a lot, but I really don't. I'm not like a huge psycho not as much as maybe it seems. But, man, people, uh, yeah. people get into it, though. They get super into that shit. Hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I've had I've definitely taken my trips and stuff like that. And definitely, like, when I first came up here, like, definitely was trying to be like, okay, let's see, like, what I can do and all that. But I found that it seems like people who do it a lot end up doing it really recreationally, which I never found myself able to do psychedelics yeah. recreationally. Well, I mean, to some extent, like, I could do them without freaking out. But I was never like, oh, man, let's do this and then watch, you know, Pink Floyd, or, you know. Yeah, uh, yep, I agree completely. It's a, it's hard, it's a hard thing to get into that. Because when you do, it's, it's a, it becomes the same as any other kind of drug or alcohol or anything else where it becomes uh, not special. And when it's not special, it's what's the point? Yeah. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of things to be revealed to you uh, by taking your brain to certain places. But then you've really got to like, I think the first thing that you should put in place, if that's if you're going to be a psychonaut, is to say, OK, when what trips are necessary? Because I've only got so much mileage out of this and like which ones are going to be meaningful and what's going to make the impact, you know? And I don't know. I mean, and it's like I had a I had a girlfriend once who we uh we were doing some doing some mushrooms together, and uh, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be honest with you. I still get a little bit scared every time I kind of go into this thing. And her response, and I repeat it all the time, was, "If you don't get scared doing, if you don't get a little bit scared doing hallucinogens, you're fucking stupid." Like, yeah. there's yeah. like, you know, I mean, and I don't know, get scared, but you know what I'm saying? Like the feeling yeah, of like, there's, there's, there's trepidation in there. Yes, you're not just you're not just jumping in. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it was also Joe Rogan who said this. I think I definitely heard him say it. Maybe I don't know if he's quoting someone or not. But uh, the best time to do is psychedelics is if uh, when you when you're the most scared. <laughs> like if you're scared to take a psychedelic drug, that means it's probably time for you to take a psychedelic <laughs> drug. <laughs> that means totally. you're, it's probably yeah. Yeah, so. you're. And I mean, there's, I mean, there's all those studies coming out. We'll see if they end up being like whatever, but there's all those studies coming out about mushrooms, about oh, yeah. them, like actually like, and I mean, I've definitely found, I don't know, I've found a lot of peace throughout my teenage years when it was very tumultuous, like of like, oh, I'm the weird kid. And like, does, what does that mean? Like, mm -hmm. and then just able to find like, I think a, a little bit earlier than a lot of my contemporaries, you know, just kind of like, okay, you guys, you know, like you're still worrying about this thing. I don't care. I'm just beyond it at this point. Like, it's a good, it's a nice perspective maker because it just yeah. lets, you, lets you zoom out and look yeah. at things. Yeah. Because I, mean, I definitely get bogged down all the time worrying about like why why the fuck is that guy parking so close to my trash cans? That's <laughs> like, <laughs> like basically my most myopic concern in my life is why are you parking there? Because even though that's a public parking spot, it is near to a place that I don't want you to be. Because I don't want to know. <laughs> and it doesn't doesn't matter every fucking week every almost every day that goes through my head <laughs> it's so dumb i know it's dumb i know i'm like why the fuck am i caring about that but i can't help but be a little bit caring about that yo, yo, uh, yeah no <clears throat> and uh, it's that yeah it's that kind of stuff that's really hard to like 
ditch out from. And I think that it's weird. I, and like, again, like you're saying, and I think I was showing you, I had the, a cactus that I was talking about giving you a cutting from. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I, I would even like mess with that right now. I was like, I've never, you know, like I'm not, I'm like, you can tell by the cactus growth that I haven't cut it or tried to do anything with it. I just have it. You just, have I don't. Yeah, just that's to have nice. it, just just in case, you know. Yeah, just in case, <laughs> just in case. But I mean, and, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. We got those. Uh, I mean, like the there's hallucinogenic mushrooms up here that grow down at the beaches, like coming up here in the fall, like and I mean, like decent, like really, like so the kind, the cubenses? kind that you. Would, uh, well, uh, they're psilocybes. They're not okay. cubensis. They're they're cyanessins, which are okay. actually like they're very close they're a little bit more powerful like there's yeah. a yeah um and i mean they grow in mass up here wow. i've been up here for years i've gone out and casually looked a few times but not really like i mean and i've definitely when i was younger come up for the thing and done the whole thing yeah. but um i've got like amanita muscarias growing out front i've never really you know even i've i've actually considered fucking with it but those, like it's those just, grow a lot of places actually i think they're one of the most yeah. the most widespread uh mushrooms on the planet yeah they grow everywhere yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah you'll see like pictures from like the rainforest and yep. there's like oh amanita muscaria the fly garrick those are those are a bit hardcore though those might be more than my my yeah. psychonaut level well i don't know maybe not maybe i'm just Maybe that fear yeah. is good. I'm. Oh, he's scared of them. That means he's ready, sir. Yeah. It's like that old, like the Willy Wonka trick. <laughs> I quit. You're yeah. hired. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't mean. I can't take Amanitas. Okay, walk well, away. Oh, here you go. You're ready to wear it now. That was yeah, a no. test. It was a test. Exactly. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, and that's like there's a there's an ayahuasca dude up here, who's like you know. uh I had a friend who was going to, and I was like, oh, I might want to check that out, you know, to see what the whole ayahuasca thing's about. And uh, he talked to dude, and uh, he was like, is it going to be cool with you, you know, like getting into contact? He's like, I don't know, I'll ask him. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I said it's cool. I was like, oh, all right. I was like, he's like, yeah, anybody that gets a hold of him pretty much is cool because that's the, you know, that's the calling, you know? And, yeah. and uh, I was like, oh, so what if I don't call him? He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry, don't call him or don't. He says, like, you'll call when you need to or you won't if you don't. So, yeah. and I never did, you know, like, I really, from from listening to his experiences with it, it's like, all, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been there before, man. I've, I've seen that. Like, okay, I get you. Like, I still want to try it at some point. I just, it'll happen I don't, at, the, at, a, at some point in time, but. Yeah the, yeah, the thing the thing with me is I'm not really down with the ritual too much. I'm not really? like it's really like man, it's like very like it's got religious undertones. It's funky. And, it's definitely yeah. funky. Yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah. And you're not uh you say a lot of stuff on Facebook about religion stuff that I think is very poignant <laughs> and funny in terms of just your Do you have like a like any kind of a manual or anything like that from which you um from which all your all your slogans and the slogans, you know, you know, from whence you speak, you should have like an opinion book. Is what I'm saying, basically. Like these are the opinion because Bill O'Reilly did it. Bill O'Reilly, his first yeah. book, it's the last quarter of the book is just him saying what he thinks about certain things, like him or love him or hate him. Like sushi, yeah. sushi's not mm. good. I don't like it. It's yeah. raw fish. You shouldn't be paying tattoos and piercings. These are a no go for anybody in the straight world. And he also says something about um, 
Bill Murray. This is one of the funniest actors in America, and always. I'm not. This is a real shit, man. You got to hear it. It's it's outstanding. Oh, because yeah. the thing is, is, they're just his opinions, and some of them are. You're gonna be like, oh, I totally agree with you, Bill. <laughs> and some of you're like, what the fuck, man? And that, yeah, that's what you should do. Just make a thing of opinions about that. Well, I mean, and I think I think like like I think the thing with that is that like it's sort of like. I have to exercise that because it's not necessarily, I don't have animosity. If somebody comes up to me wearing a crucifix or something, I don't have animosity towards anybody that's religious, you know. I definitely do, I don't know, I'll question your judgment on like what movie you tell me that you're going to watch, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, no, I do, I mean, it's hard to tack down like what my opinion really is on this stuff though because it's like, I'm sitting here, I'm like super stoked sitting here looking at this guitar that I like bought off a friend of mine the other day mm-hmm. and like super excited about it. I have so many posts that are, you know, deleterious of those who are guitar obsessed, you know. <laughs> yeah, Although, it's, it's a funny thing, man. Yeah, I have you know, a lot of friends who are that way. It's, just, it's a weird, uh, I have a really close friend in Minnesota and it's, it's like a source of, to some of his friends, it's like they make fun of them. Not like in a mean way, but make fun of the. There's like a, there's definitely a gear obsession among musicians. It's it can, oh, be, yeah. it can get kind of weird. It's like you're being saved by your gear. No, exactly. Well, I mean, and it becomes the thing that you focus on because it's not. Then it doesn't have to be like your actual skill level. And I've said it a million times. And I mean, I guess there's there are definitely exceptions to the rule. But like, I have I have three guitars. Like one of them is like. You know, my guitar that I had that I've kind of kept through the years, it's pretty good. You know, it's like a Stratocaster, Japanese, like late 80s, like built really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a J Jr., which is a $70, like, pink acoustic guitar that's, you know, like, just a total, I mean, just like a kid's guitar, basically. And then, I've, like I said, I bought this guitar off my friend the other day, which is, it's a, well, mine was a Knox, but it's the exact model of my first guitar which is like this old shitty silver tone thing where the the neck is literally as thick as the body like it's it's ridiculous wow but but i mean that's the thing it's like and i'm not trying to say like oh and i'm an amazing musician but i've consistently worked doing music and i've played like a lot of shows and i would i definitely would say that i've noticed over the years people who have like a lot a lot of gear and they're super into it i've just never found any like rapport with them as a songwriter you know as a like a musician it's like well it's a different kind of thing it's not really bad it's just a different some people are uh the people who that's you get what they're there for and that's great too you gotta have you gotta have your studio guys you gotta have like your the guy you bring in to just crush it on the rhythm totally. guitar well and i mean to hold it down and then there's sort of the opposite of it and, oh yeah, uh, I think they exist in the same space totally. in terms of uh, support and uh, the the support lead dynamic is yeah. a, is a clever one. <laughs> like I well, and it's like I've I've definitely like like I've got I've got a few gearhead friends that are also wildly talented. So it's like <clears throat> it goes all across the board. It does. And and like you said, there's times when my and I mean through the years I've gotten better at the technical aspects of doing all this stuff, but you know, starting out like you definitely need those people. I mean, it's it's a symbiosis between the gearheads and the super passionate like, you know, froofy artists that'll play on a shitty $70 acoustic guitar cuz yeah. it's my art, man. My my art's what's important, man. No, maybe maybe put a little bit more into it. <laughs> How about that? If it is, you should care about it. Yeah. Well, no, and I mean, it's complicated. 
what well, comes down to now, I really do, and, and like as I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, you know what? I just don't have the time to like dial this tool in to make it like the perfect thing, even though I found it at the thrift store. I'm just going to buy a pretty decent tool to start out with and then kind of work from there, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's... It's all time spent. What do you what do you have time for? In, I suppose that's just yeah. that's it. Um, let's uh, let's let's close off this uh, this absolutely sh- this chat session. Where can people find things of their of the Doctor Fox Meat Nature? Um, I'm on drfoxmeat.com. Okay. Um, D R F O X M E A T. And then I think that, uh, I actually, D O C T O R Fox Meat is actually, I think, still up as the old, uh, so I mean, that'll probably take you to something that'll have something that I've done on it as well. Got it. Um, you know, and I've got a, the, the radio show, um, Dr. Fox Meat Radio. And it's a literal uh, radio show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I actually on the you've been on it on yeah. the on the real dang radio like on the in, actual uh, radio. It's still around. Yeah. And radio so uh, will always be around for people who are mo- moving around f- through space physically. It, yeah, exactly, you know, it's mm-hmm. really just people in their cars, which is why I want to get like more of a we're on at night, so I kind of want to get something more daytime because nobody's like really going anywhere up here at night. But um but yeah, so um, you know, we got Fox Meat Radio at all the stuff, like at Twitter, Fox Meat Radio. And I mean if you put in Dr. Fox Meat into anything and kind of search me, you'll find it. But and then of course there is Dr. Fox Meat at drfoxmeat.com. Um or or just or yeah, you know, like that's like my main my main uh my main com- communication thing. Uh lots of foxes. Lots, lots of, of foxes. Um but yeah, no, and I think the I think the website's probably the best like aggregator of everything as far as the music writing, all that kind of stuff goes. And uh, we're redoing it for the 45. I will be dropping at the McDonald's on Gentoli Lane in Arcata on August 30th. Nice. If you're how, many, for th- how do I get a copy of that? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll send you one. We'll yes. definitely. You're on. You're on the press list. Got it. Outstanding. Um, but yeah, if, if you happen to be up for the Shits and Giggles Festival, which I also recommend you come up for late August, uh, August, I believe, 28th through 30th. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm on, out on tour then with uh, Duncan, uh, with Duncan Trussell. Yeah. Out before, otherwise, we, you know, I'd be there for sure. Absolutely. Well, we, we got to get you guys out just like in yeah. general. Like, like you, because I mean, and like you were saying, I think the first time I did meet you, though, was actually when you came up with Cornell just on a one off. So you got to come so. up. You got to shoot up for some one-off sometime. Let's do it. Sweet. Well, Johnny, I got to tell you, I'm proud in hell to just come on here and be twisting, twisting the wind with you. Me too. I'm happy to have twisted it. Yeah, no, I feel, I'm feeling it. I think it kind of worked my back out a little bit too. Good. Be well. You as well, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind. Be sure to keep doing that and uh, find a way to finance all the things that you need. And just check back in periodically with uh, what your prescription is and we'll, we'll figure it out. I promise.
As a branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.